You are listening to this week's sermon from St. Matthew's Glass Church in Jersey. We pray that this podcast blesses you. Enjoy. We apologize for the technical issues this week. We've tried to tidy up the audio for you so that you can still try and enjoy this sermon as much as you possibly can. God bless. Right. Uh, We've been so looking forward to being here. I mean, you probably take it for granted, don't you? But but all this glass stuff is just like, you know, somebody said, oh, there's lots of glass. And, And when we got here, we were like, there's lots of glass. It's just remarkable. And uh, yeah, we come back to that in a minute. So I'm, I'm going to talk about Psalm 23, um, <clears throat> which I, I discovered last night uh, as we were finishing our day. Um, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm going to refer to it, obviously, and I'm going to be talking, uh, reading it out of the Amplified Version, which you'll, you'll recognize. Um, <clears throat> I like it because it kind of digs into the, 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 the possible variations of meaning. Okay, and at the end of our time together, um, <clears throat> we'd uh, we'd like to encourage some prayer for healing around particular conditions that uh, that we kind of got on our heart. <clears throat> so Psalm twenty three, it's probably one of the best known scriptures in Christendom, isn't it? <clears throat> and and the trouble is when you know something that well, if you're not careful, you take it for granted. It's like we walked into this place and went wow, and you walked in and you didn't go wow. It's just it's your normal, isn't it? Yeah? Um, and that's always a temptation. And, and I love this psalm because it's got everything in it. It's got provision. It's got protection. It's got leading. It's got laying down. It's got walking. It's got good places and difficult places. Yeah? It, it's, it's all in the psalm. And it's all there in very few verses. So let me read the first few verses to you out of the Amplified Version. So the Lord is my shepherd. To feed, guide, and shield me, I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with him. Not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. <clears throat> we'll read the rest in a minute. What, what strikes me about this is um, God says, you know, David says that God does all these things for his name's sake. And it's God's faithfulness and God's kindness and, and because God's name represents all that he is, that's his motivation for being a shepherd. His motivation for being a shepherd is not because you're good sheep. I'm sure you're wonderful sheep. In the prayer room we were in earlier, one of the children's rooms, it's full of sheep. They've got this kind of, I was tempted to run off with one for my granddaughters. Um, <clears throat> But my wife told me not to. Um, but, but here's the point. It, it's for his name's sake. And um, <clears throat> I think sometimes we forget that when we were far off, he found us. Yeah. And before we'd done anything vaguely good, he saved us. It was his initiative. And there's this wonderful, wonderful scripture that says, even when we are unfaithful, he is faithful. Okay. And, and way too often, we, we measure the strength of our connection with Father God by how well we're doing. And who knows that this scripture tells us that he, he connects with us for his name's sake. Okay? This is who I am, and this is what I do. And God does faithfulness because he can't do unfaithful. 
So even when you're unfaithful, God's faithfulness reaches you. And way too often, it's kind of, I've had a bad day, been a naughty person. I've made some mistakes. You do know, don't you, that not all mistakes are sins? Yeah, not all mistakes are sins. Okay, <clears throat> you make a mistake, you may have to say sorry. Yeah, you sin, you have to repent. But not all mistakes are sins. And way too often, we, we, um, we distance ourselves from God because we feel like we've been bad. Okay? <clears throat> In the Garden of Eden, Adam, God bless Adam, when I get to heaven, people say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to go and talk to Paul the Apostle. I'm going to hug Jesus. When I get to heaven, I'm going to find Adam in a quiet corner and slap him. Because yeah. Adam, really? Really? All this? And, you know, um, <clears throat> Adam probably committed the worst sin of all time. <clears throat> and what did Adam do? Adam ran away and hid. Yeah. And way too often, people run away and hide when they do something sinful, when they do something bad. We run away and hide. <clears throat> Why do we run away and hide? Well, because in our, our conscience knows that, we, that, that when there's sin, there needs to be punishment. Our conscience knows that. Okay? It's kind of our deserve it. <clears throat> so when you sin, who paid the punishment for your sin? Come on, it's not a trick question. Listen, the answer's always Jesus. Just say Jesus every time and you're going to be fine. Yeah? Jesus paid the price for your sin. Did he leave any aside for you to pay for? So why do Christians punish themselves when they sin? We do. We, we do what Adam did. We run away and hide. We distance ourselves from God. Yeah? Because we sin and the devil comes along and whispers in your ear, you bad person. I know. You did it. I know I did it. But I've said sorry. You said sorry last time. You did it again. You're a bad Christian. So I'm a bad Christian. You shouldn't go to church. You should sort yourself out. I should sort myself out. Take a break from church, I'll take a break from church. And we run away and hide. It's the dialogue that we go through. How awesome that when Adam ran away and hid, God went looking for him. Yeah? And can you imagine God, the omniscient, omnipresent, all-powerful, knows everything God, wandering through a garden he made and knows very well, going, Adam, Adam, where are you? God had lost Adam. No. See, God knew exactly where Adam was. God was going, Adam, where are you? Because he needed Adam to know where he was. And to know that wherever he was, God would come and find him. Yeah? Wherever you are, whatever your circumstance or situation, God will come and find you. <clears throat> and Adam, when he heard God's voice in the garden, Adam, where are you? Adam went here. That's what we have to do. Yeah? In the difficult times, yeah, when God goes, where are you? We just have to stand up and go here. And, and, and God sorts it out. God made them clothes. They left the garden not as punishment, but they left the garden so that they wouldn't eat of the tree of life and live forever battling good and evil. <clears throat> I've often said to Christine, if I'd been God, there'd have been one tree in the garden so you couldn't choose the wrong one. But God gave you two trees. We always get a choice. <clears throat> so I encourage you, 
in difficult times, in times when you've been bad, um, you do realize that, that when you mess up, God's as close to you as he's ever been. Yeah, God doesn't distance himself from you. Yeah. David, when he prayed in Psalms, take not your Holy Spirit from me, the Holy Spirit came in seasons. The Holy Spirit came and went. Yeah, David knew that. So, so, so David's prayer was, don't take your Holy Spirit away. Our Holy Spirit experience is different. Yeah, Jesus' baptism, John the Baptist said, I saw the Holy Spirit that looked like a dove, yeah, rest and remain. And John was like, that's unusual. Because normally the Holy Spirit turns up, does something, and goes away. You read the Old Testament, it's exactly how it happened. We're not bothered by the little one, are we? No, so don't feel you've got to run out of the room. <clears throat> um, the, the babies do what babies do, and we're grown up and we can cope. Okay? She's hungry. I know how she feels. <clears throat> it's not my preaching. <laughs> you say the nicest things. Anyway, I'm now off script. <clears throat> um, yeah, but, but I encourage you to have confidence in the goodness of God. Have confidence in the mercy of God. He does these things not because you deserve it. He does these things because it's a reflection of his character and his nature and who he is. Yeah? He didn't hold back his only son. Why would he hold back anything else? <clears throat> so on, on those times when you don't do what you wish you had done, and you, you hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit inside, just go, yeah, that's me. Will you forgive me? When you say, Father God, I repent, will you forgive me? God never goes, got to go away and think about that. I don't know, you've done it several times before. We get to repent. The neat thing about um, <clears throat> this psalm is uh, the first bit, uh, <clears throat> David's talking to God um, as him. him he, yeah? When you get to verse 4, David transitions from him and he to you. Yeah? He ceases to be an observer and now becomes a friend. Yeah? It's no longer is going, he is my shepherd, he does this, he does that. When you get to verse 4, it's you. And who knows that speaking the truth about God and who God is, which is what David does in the first three verses, makes God more real and more intimate more personal. So of those times when you're not sure where he is, it's not as far away as you think. Just start to talk about who he is, what he's done. Forget not all his benefits, the stuff he's done in the past. And as you do that, just like David, suddenly it becomes you. It becomes more personal. It becomes much more intimate. <clears throat> it says, Yea, though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you're with me, your rod and staff, comfort, guide, and protect me. There's lots of things in life cast a shadow over us, aren't there? Lots of things in life. Not just death, yeah, but doubts, fears, worries, illness. There's lots of difficult things cast a shadow over us. Interestingly, David says, when I'm walking through the, the, the valley, you're there with me. Now, way too often, <clears throat> we get to a point of, God, will you get me out of the valley? 
will you deliver me from the valley? Which I entirely understand. But David's experience and encouragement is that I'm not getting out of the valley unless I walk out of the valley. And too often we pray, God, get me out, God, get me out. And God's going, just keep walking, just keep walking, just keep walking, just keep going. Yeah? Be faithful, persevere, keep walking. In this psalm, where do you lay down? Green pastures. What do you do in a valley? Keep walking. Don't lay down in the valley. Don't, don't, don't make the valley of shadows your home. Yeah? Don't lay down. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. And, and, and way too often we need, we, rather than praying, Lord, will you deliver me? We need to pray, Lord, walk with me. Thank you that you walk with me. Make your presence even more real it was before walk with me walk with me so those of you kind of in a valley you know i encourage you keep walking don't give up don't forget his benefits okay and it's difficult all right it's difficult because in a valley where a shadow it's cold and it's dark i know that okay it's right when jacob our grandson was born profoundly deaf it was like oh my word and we prayed for his healing, right up to the point where they put cochlear implants in, which means you'll never hear that truth again. He hears digitally. What's amazing is when he's older, he'll be able to play music from his iPhone straight to his brain. That's incredible, really. Yeah. So, you know, we've stopped praying, Lord, will you, will you restore his natural healing? Because they took out the bits that work. So what do we pray now? Well, we pray that nothing that God destined to determine his life or his life will be slowed down or delayed or deferred or put off because of his infirmity. That God will overcome his infirmity to achieve everything he ever wanted to do. One of the challenges for us is that his deafness was a recessive gene. So his mum and dad went through all sorts of terms. But they're amazing parents, amazing, unbiased, but they're still amazing. And if I wasn't biased, they'd still be amazing. But you walk through a valley, and you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. See, Scripture says that there'll be no weapons against you. Not. If you listen to some worship songs, you'd think that was what the book says, but the book doesn't say there'll be no weapons. The book says weapons will be formed against you. Oh, please, Jesus, come take the weapons away. That's not what the book says. Well, the book says that no weapon formed against you, and whether the weapons formed against you is personal, the enemy goes, this one will get hit, this one will get hurt. That's personal. But the promise is that as we walk with God, no weapon fashioned, formed, bespoke, targeted to us will prosper. It won't achieve the purpose for which you set. Which makes it difficult. Sometimes we think there shouldn't be opposition, there shouldn't be difficulty, there shouldn't be weapons. But God says, interested in this psalm, yeah, that when that stuff happens, God invites us to sit at a table and have a good meal, which we did at the Atlantic. So glad I saved up a lot. And you are worth every penny, and I don't resent it. 
I just wanted them to know I was generous. And after 39 years, dear, you did really well. It's the least I could do. Sorry. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Surely, says verse 6, that goodness and mercy, your unfailing love, shall follow me all the days of my life, and through the lengths of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. So I've often thought, don't be afraid. Well, actually, two people need to be worried, and it's you too. Don't worry. <clears throat> um, I've often thought, wouldn't it be good if, if um, grace and mercy went in front of me rather than followed behind? Yeah? Grace and mercy should go in front. You know, they'd, they'd make a way, they'd make it nice, they'd make it easy. <clears throat> Interestingly, Scripture says, the book says, that his light is a lamp to our feet. And grace and mercy are behind me. <laughs> be afraid, be very afraid. God's shown me all your secret sins, and I'll tell everybody in a minute. Okay. Your grace and your... Okay, link arms, guys. <clears throat> okay, yes. So in a second, I'm going to... Oh, please. <laughs> I'm going to mush you just because it was my 39th date anniversary. Um, okay, so your grace and your mercy. Now, let's imagine, I'm, you're going to go walk this in a second, all right? <clears throat> so let's, let's imagine, stay, stay linked. Come on. It's, oh. <laughs> okay, grace and mercy. So if grace and mercy went in front of me, go for a walk. Yeah, I could choose to follow grace and mercy. But if there came a day I choose not to, yeah, I'd, There in front of me, I. Sorry if I'd done something weird with not following. But if grace and mercy are. and they follow me, yeah, when I'm doing well or when I'm doing badly, yeah, when it's a difficult day, grace and, mer grace and mercy are unavoidable. Let's say well done, grace and mercy. You see, the beautiful thing about grace and mercy is God said that all things work together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purposes. Yeah. And that's what grace and mercy do. They follow you and they clean up your mess. Yeah. So that when you look back, you go, wow, God, your mercy and your grace are incredible. Your mercy spared me from the punishment I deserve and your grace enabled me to do and be all me to do and be and they follow you they follow you when you're doing well they follow you when you're doing badly we just somehow refuse to believe that god is that good we don't think god is that good because we're not that good but he's faithful even when we're not <clears throat> what you believe about god matters enormously you know, you have the relationship with God that you've got faith for. You've got the relationship with God <clears throat> that, that you believe you should have. They said, so, do you remember the parable of the sowers? No, it was the talents, wasn't it? Parable of the talents. Yeah. One guy gets given five and somebody gets two and somebody gets one. I think those are the numbers. 
And uh, when the master returns, the, the guy who'd, who'd had five talents, you know, went, invested and did what he should do and got 10. Well done. Enter into your master's pleasure. And then the guy who had two did a similar thing. And, and what did the guy with one talent do? He buried it. He dug a hole in the ground and buried it. Okay. <clears throat> Don't let life bury you. Don't let difficulties bury you. Ooh, didn't know that step was there. Yeah. Don't let life trip you up. <laughs> here's, what the, here's what the guy with one talent said. Master, this is what he believed about God. This is what he believed about God. Master, I knew you to be a hard man. Do we believe God is a hard taskmaster? <clears throat> I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you didn't sow. So you're the kind of person who wants something for nothing. And gathering where you've not scattered, where you've scattered no seed. And I was afraid. That's what he believed about God. He believed God was in the parable, he was hard, merciless, wanted something for nothing, yeah, wasn't prepared to sow into people's lives, yeah, and was going to take what he hadn't made happen. And not surprisingly, it made him afraid. See, sometimes we, we believe lies about God. Okay? <clears throat> the, 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 the book, the scriptures, are where we discover the truth about God and who he is. But, but sometimes we believe lies about God, yeah? either through life circumstances or things that have happened or things that have been done or said to us. Um, <clears throat> we kind of superimpose some of that on God. This, this, is, this is what God's like. And if you believe that's what God's like, everything you could see and do and be will get buried. It gets buried in your fear. It gets buried in your fear because you believe the lie. <clears throat> you want to do this or should I do it? God, they've listened to me long enough. <clears throat> Will you introduce it and explain? Awesome. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yes, as David said, some of the th things that we've experienced as we've been growing up, um, you know, our environments cause us to believe lies about God. So, we're just going to close our eyes and pray. You do know as a child of the king, as a son or daughter of your heavenly father, it is your birthright to hear God talk to you. He's your heavenly father. And I don't want to offend anybody. You know, Jesus called Father God, Abba, Daddy. Do you and I relate to Father God in that intimate, personal way? Because he wants to relate to you and me in that way. He is holy, awesome, majestic, creator God, and I am not taking away any of that. But he's also my heavenly Father who wants a relationship with me that's intimate and personal. And if I believe lies about him, that is going to affect how I relate to him. 
But you are powerful and free people. And you do not have to do what I'm about to ask you to do. But for everyone who just wants to ask God a question, and you can whisper it under your breath if you feel embarrassed about speaking out loudly. But scripture's very clear that we've got the power of life and death in our tongue. So we need to say it loud enough for the spirit realm to hear it. You know, God knows our thoughts, but the enemy doesn't. The enemy can't read our minds. So let's just close our eyes and let's just say this together. Father God, Father God, are there any lies, are there any lies that I'm believing about you? Please don't dismiss anything that suddenly flits across your mind. You know, you're not making it up. If you heard a lie, and not everybody will, um, but if you did, but for the sake of everyone that's praying, let's just all keep our eyes closed and you might just want to say whatever the lie is quietly under your breath just say father i renounce the lie father i renounce the lie that and then whatever it is just say it quietly and lord i give that lie to you i give that lie to you what truth do you want to give me in exchange do you want to give me in exchange? And whatever you heard, whatever you hear, whatever you see, sense, feel, it might be a verse from scripture, you might have a picture, just at some point, jot that down. And in your own time with God, just ask him about it and because he wants to talk to you. Too often prayer is just one way. Where it's us talking to him. And we don't give him a chance to say something back to us. You can't stop God talking. Creation's held together by the words that he speaks. Psalm 27 talks about knowing, experience, and seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Um, remember the wedding at Cana? Ran out of wine? How embarrassing. Anybody watch the series Chosen? Yeah? How they portray the running out of wine at the wedding was just remarkable. If you've not heard of it, I, I commend it to you. Um, so uh, Mary's being a good mummy, and uh, she goes and tells Jesus they've run out of wine. Jesus probably knew, may not have done. Why does she tell Jesus they've run out of wine? Because she knows he can do something about it. 
she may be the only person there who knows he can do something about it. And there'll be situations in your life when Jesus is the only person who can do something about it. So why talk to anybody else? Talk to Jesus. And Jesus, very helpfully, says to his mother, it's not my time. Yeah? It's not my time, woman. You know? Puts her in a place. It's not my time. Not my time. <clears throat> so what does Mary do? Mary behaves like he's going to do it anyway. So I commend to you, live like God is going to answer your prayer anyway. So Mary behaves like God's good Jesus is going to do it anyway. How you guys fill these things up? Okay. <clears throat> and her prayer, her request, and her actions took that moment from not being his time to being his time. And he didn't lie. It wasn't his time. Who knows that your prayers will move the heart and timing of God? Just the way my grandchildren's requests move my heart and move my bank account. So let's not put off into eternity or in tomorrow, 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 the goodness of God in our lives. Because who knows your prayer to your heavenly father who loves you enormously. You then go and live like he's about to answer it. You just don't. But too often we push it off into eternity. That we push the goodness of God, the favor of God, the kindness of God, and the intervention of God off into the future. Be like Mary. Yeah? Whose prayer and actions took a moment for Jesus when it looked like he wasn't going to do anything and then seconds later he's doing it. That would be a good day, wouldn't it? We, um, <clears throat> so I, I, as I understand it, healing is a normal part of your kind of church life and expectations and experience. You know, people get prayed for healing and, and healed and that, that goes on a lot. <clears throat> um, so we, we would like to uh, to, to target particular conditions, okay? Um, remember I said our grandson Jacob's condition was, was um, a recessive gene? Um, sometimes there are conditions and illnesses that flow down through the family line. Oh, yeah, my mum died of that, her mum died of that, and her mum's mum's mum died of that. I'm bound to get it. Now, it's true that you, you get what you've got faith for, so be careful what you speak over yourself and wish for or expect. Okay. But it is true that sometimes conditions come down through the family line. They're hereditary conditions. Okay. Who knows that when you got born again, you became a new creation. The word new creation literally means a species that never previously existed. You became a, a combination of the divine and the human, a species that never previously existed. So you can no longer go, I'm just human. Because you're not. Okay. But who knows that you've got a new Heavenly Father and now you get new family traits because you have a new father and you get now traits. So what we'd like to do is that Christine's going to come and, and, and lead you in a prayer that addresses these issues of stuff that comes down through the generations. 
Um, and then once she's done that, we would like the opportunity to pray for anybody who's, who's, uh, who's, who's suffering from an hereditary condition or, or is concerned that what they see in their family line in the past might come and get them. Okay? So the, the fear of that as well as the, the actual. Does that make sense? Well, that makes, excellent. Thank you so much. So Christy's going to come and lead us in a group. And then I think we'll have a band back. And, and they'll, they'll, they'll lead us in worship. And when you, when you do this ministry time, do people come to the front? Okay. If, if, you're, if you're in that category, we would love to get our hands on you in a godly way. Um, but also, if, if you come hoping for prayer this morning, then come forward and there'll be good-looking, gifted people who will come and pray for you. Okay, you're up. I want to also add that we all believe in a God who is a creative God and believe for supernaturally creative miracles as well. So, I, you know, as David said, I don't pray every day for Jacob's healing. I don't take communion every day for Jacob's healing. But when I feel prompted, I pray, God, restore everything that was taken away. You know, we do that, um, but also rejoice and thank God for the medical profession because surgery is not a second-class miracle. So <clears throat> I understand that you, you always stand for ministry. Um, if you can, could everybody stand, please, whether, you know, you're going to ask God to heal you or not. Because we're the family of Christ and uh, we're praying for each other as well. Would you mind putting your hand on your heart for me? And I'm just going to pray sort of a, 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 a prayer that just covers us all. So just concentrate on heaven and just let the words of this prayer go deep into your spirit. Jesus, thank you that you are my advocate and that you intercede for me before Father. Jesus, would you take me to the courtroom and be my advocate before Father God? Jesus, would you bring out my family documents? Would you unroll them and find the legal access to this hereditary disease, illness. So I am choosing to forgive anybody in my family line, any of my ancestors, for any covenants, blood oaths, assignments, and idolatry, where they partnered with the demonic even, and gave it access to coming generations. As I forgive them, would you forgive them, whether they understood or knew what they were doing or not? And would you petition the court 
against the enemy's legal right over any of my family members or ancestors. Jesus, would you take this hereditary illness to Father God for him to announce his decision? Father, what do you want me to know? What is your truth for me? Because, Father God, I have been robbed. My family has been robbed. What do you have for me in exchange? And, Lord, I ask that you release my body from all and any effects of this illness or this hereditary disease. And I pray this, Lord, in the powerful name of Jesus, by his authority, by the shed blood of the Lamb. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon this week. If this has blessed you, please consider giving to our ministry by visiting www.stmatthews.je. Have a blessed week.